is Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck it. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, a fan of Kenta from day one, and he was right to go and order that sweet go-to-sleep shirt a couple of weeks back because Kenta is now on our TVs at least for the short term, every Wednesday on uh, AEW Dynamite. Jason, how are you doing today? And uh, are you surprised that this finally appears to be a thing? AEW and NXT will be fighting each other every week, but they now have more competition to deal with, with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling being part of the AEW family. Yeah, I think it's tremendous. This is something as fans that we've wanted. Uh, Meltzer this morning essentially confirmed that AEW and New Japan have some type of working relationship and will moving forward. Of course, we don't know what exactly it's going to look like. I'm sure we're going to speculate on that for the next hour or so. Um, But yeah, just so you guys know, you are listening to Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We are on Twitter at Worked Shoot Pod on uh, Instagram at Worked Shoot Pod as well. Um, Yeah, Corey, I, I think it's it's what we've wanted, right? Like what we've been hoping for since this all started. And now we're going to get it. We got dream matches, possibly it's cool storylines, champion versus champion. I mean, you know, obviously we have the pandemic and, and we can talk about some of the ramifications from that and how that could look moving forward. But this is some really, really exciting stuff. And I think as fans, this is the most as a fan, you know, I, I would be excited. And obviously, we've got WWE, and we know what that is. But you know, for AEW, for NXT, for New Japan, we got Impact in there. Ring of Honor's has a halfway decent show. You know, some really, really good stuff. And uh, I'm very excited to see what you know AEW, New Japan, you know, Impact kind of figure out. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be interesting. And it's funny, right before uh, we came on, we were speaking a little bit, you know, about what could happen, may not happen. And like you just said, the the pandemic actually turned out to be one of the key things that made this happen, um, where they were not sure when and if John Moxie would be able to defend the United States Championship, as Jay is uh, getting ready to tell us what the beer of the week is, it looks like. Um, but it is, it's interesting, the fact that you know, when Harold May, the former president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, was in charge, it looked like this was never going to happen. Then all of a sudden, Tony Khan went and figured out a way to get all this to go about. I'm not saying Tony Khan's a genius of all of pro wrestling, because he's not, but he's willing to but get... People have marked him as a genius of all pro wrestling. Let's let's slow down on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to see what he gets done. But at, at the end of the day, this is what it feels like is right for wrestling, where everyone's working together. I mean, not everybody working together against the big bad WWE, but everyone working together, like you know, somewhat like the territory days, and seeing what's best to see what's going to happen. I mean, does anyone besides AEW actually make anything out of this in the long run? We'll see. But the idea that these oh, I think I think New Japan absolutely gets exposure from this. Oh no, sure. Listen. We do this thing, right, where it's like New Japan's the best wrestling company in the world, and you could argue whether they are or not, but they're certainly not the most well-known in America. So they could use the exposure as well from fans who like AW, 
who I've started to watch with, they don't, they may not know about the bullet club. I, I think sometimes we go under this assumption that everyone who watches AWR marks, you know, and have been watching forever. And like, that's not necessarily the case. You know, there might be kind of newer fans of the product. So I think the idea that they could see someone like Okada or Bushi and say, Oh my God, like, what is, who are these guys? Um, you know, so Hiromu, like there's so many guys they could see and then be Will Ospreay. So um, I think this absolutely will help New Japan. I think the Ring of Honor, um, you know, when Omega was coming back and forth and the Bucks were going, you know, in Ring of Honor, you know, that really helped New Japan. So, um, you know, I mean, we're watching New Japan World. We order New Japan World. A lot of that was because of AJ Styles, right? So, and the Bullet Club. So, yeah, I... I think this absolutely could help New Japan. I don't see how it could hurt them. Um, it's again, we, we're gonna have to see how things work with the pandemic and things like that when people can come over. You know how all that's gonna look, but it, it's certainly uh, a very promising uh, partnership. And the terrific host of our sister podcast, you don't know Jackie, Jackie Endy, in the in the chat right now on the Wrestling Life, just brought up saying, you know, can only help New Japan, just like Jay said, absolutely correct. I mean. It'll make people who <coughs> aren't, <coughs> excuse me, dying over here, aren't household names stars. I mean, as much as we know who Okada and Tanahashi are, there's a whole group of people who, if you're not listening to and understanding Excalibur's references, you may not know who they are. You know, Excalibur, a couple of weeks ago, you know, you know, mentioned Mike Bailey, uh, former, you know, independent worker who hasn't been able to come to the U.S. for five years because of visa problems. You know, people like two weeks ago were like, that's a hint. He might, you know, Speedball Mike Bailey might be coming in. But this is truly saying that something concrete's happening. And yeah, it was a cool moment to counteract the idea of what are we going to do finding out that Edge is going to be on NXT this week? The biggest, you know, one of the biggest stars of the last 25 years. You know, you could say where he ranks there, but and yeah, he's coming back to be on NXT for the very first time. You want a big time ending. And you could say this is hot shot booking like everything else. AW or WCW and all these people did during the Monday Night War. I mean, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's hot shot booking, Corey. Omega and or Kenta and Moxley have a, a match in a couple of weeks. I mean, sure. and he GTS them. I mean, I, I don't think it's hot shot booking at all. I, th- I think it's you could you could say you know AW had eighteen million things going on um, and they did too much on the show, which they do. Everybody. But again, this is the advantage of Tony Khan being the ultimate wrestling fan. And I think sometimes the negative of him wrestling, being a being such a big wrestling fan is that he throws too much on these shows and it, it, it feels like a car crash. But the good thing is he's open. He's like, I'm a billionaire already. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I just want to have fun shows that people like. I want to make money and I don't want to insult the audience. He doesn't need to become a billionaire. He already is one. And so I think that's that's his mindset going in, and I think it's it's more of a positive wrestler, positive mindset for wrestlers because they don't have to worry about this guy's going to try to cut my pay so he can make a little bit more money. He doesn't need any more money. If they folded AEW up tomorrow, he'd be incredibly incredibly rich. So yeah, no, I think um, what he's doing, you know, you could say he's genius or whatever. I, I don't I don't believe I don't you know what I I don't subscribe to any of that stuff. I think it's really smart. I think he's a really, really smart guy. And um I think more so than anything, he's open-minded to what could be possible. 
and he doesn't restrict himself. And oftentimes those are the smartest people. Those are the people who, who are the most successful in business. People who don't feel like I have to subscribe to this notion on what this is all supposed to look like. And clearly he doesn't. He wants to work with everyone. He doesn't look at it as a competition because, I mean, really it isn't. Uh, even NXT, I mean, they did, I mean, are they really competing with NXT? I mean, I guess, you know, they're on the same time, but really it's about them doing the best quality show that they can do rather than saying we need to beat NXT every week. It's about doing a good show. Yeah. And I mean, and you could say it's just Pollyannish, but you know, it's also what you think right now is best for the wrestling fans, true competition, either with yourself or against the WWE's product. Cause you know, like we said in the past, you know, they're, they're never moving to Monday night, never going to go directly against Raw because of their interest with the Jaguars in the national football league, but their competition with yes, NXT and also in regards to other products for your, for your business. And by working with everyone else, it goes and tells the fans that anything could always happen, but also the same idea that we should care about other things. And when someone else new comes in or a free agent becomes available, they may have been on your TV and you know what? And they won't be freshly new to the company. You'll have an idea. So, I mean, I think the, the way that they've done this, and I know that like in our wrestling life Facebook group, which uh, encourage everyone to join because it's a really good group out there. Some bad apples, which we've spoken about in the past, but you know, we'll get to that maybe another time. But the idea, the fact that on Impact on Tuesday, in the little you know uh, TV advertisements he does for uh, for Diamond every week, he actually gave a hint of this was kind of happening. To think back now, because he even said, you know, everything I was doing this week, yeah, I maybe I got a little did. crazy, but you know, um, I'm letting John Moxley face uh, Kenta on U.S. soil. Anything is possible. I'm going to take a break now for the, you know. But he kind of gave you that hint that he mentioned Kenta. By him saying that, maybe he's going to show up on your TV, you know? I mean, all of these things equal out to a really nice puzzle that it's really exciting to be a wrestling fan right now. And I know we always say that every once in a while, like, it's great to be a wrestling fan. And then all of a sudden we get annoyed by something. But on paper, the idea of Impact working together, AW, New Japan, possibly, you know, ROH, because ROH and New Japan have a deal together, AAA, you know, I mean, you've got, you know, an MLW next week, you got Laredo Kid who is in part of AAA versus Leo Rush of, you know, of the MTV's The Challenge. You know, you have all of these things going on where anything is possible, especially with a guy like a Leo Rush who's a free agent. And if you're doing the cross motion, he could show up on your program to help himself marketing-wise. So it's all these things help the wrestling industry and help the wrestlers. Yeah, I think to your point, what you said in, you know, in terms of like, this is like the 80s with the territory dates, except it's all on national TV. So we get to see all of it. Right. Um, essentially, that's what it is. If you're not in a WWE, you're in one of these companies um, and you have a chance to be on any of these companies. TJP's on, TJP has been on MLW, New Japan Strong, and he's on Impact. <laughs> I mean, he's been on, he's been on everything. He's been in every one of those companies. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely. I, I think it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, um, some stuff's gonna suck, some stuff you're not gonna like, but overall, you know, who knows what's gonna happen every week. So yeah, um, some some really, really great stuff. So Corey, let, let's talk about how this is gonna, uh, how this could play out. So we've got Kenta against Moxley, right? In a couple of weeks, February 26th, New Japan Strong. 
Uh, if you guys do have a new Japan subscription, I, I would um, highly recommend watching Strong. You have to watch every match every week, but uh, there's some good young talent on there. Um, uh, Hikaleo, who I've talked about before, I, I think he's going to be a star at some point. Um, so, I mean, where do we see that going? Um, do we see, you know, Kenta is going to be on uh, Dynamite next week in a main event? Um, you know, where, where do we see where do we see that going with Moxley and the, the Kenta feud? Well, it's interesting because the, the match was actually taped back in December, which is which has come out over the last couple of days. So the match has happened. No chance of like, you know, this partnership falling, falling apart in regards to that. So, but I mean, I could see this happening where there's some sort of screwy finish where maybe the good brothers get involved because of the New Japan connection, continuing that. And then you set up a rematch at Revolution, at AEW Revolution, because unless you're going to go and go back to Moxley versus Omega 2 right away, I don't know if there's a match right now for Moxley. And I think if you do Moxley versus Kenta 2, that rematch or some sort of thing going on there or a multi-man tag involving your New Japan representative, maybe with the Good Brothers, because, you know, as we all know, they're going back to Japan once they're physically able to. I think it could set up some stuff or you could even maybe bring in a Rocky Romero. There's things you can do, uh, maybe not in that respect, but you can make more angles go about as a result of it. I think it's going to be a launching ground for one for this feud, but also now that if you have an agreement, you can put people like a private party or a sunny kiss or guys who are lower on the card, give them experience working for, with new guys with impact wrestling and now new Japan strong. Yeah. I mean, strong doesn't have a ton of guys and a lot of the new Japan strong guys are like guys, JP, Leo rush, um, things like that. But imagine like Leo rush being an AW. <laughs> that would be, no, I, you know, I know he's in a couple of different places and whatever, but, um, and this is just strong. Right. So the possibilities are really, really endless. Um, and, and we'll see, I do expect Kenta to win the title though. Um, but you know, maybe if, it's going to be some like long-term deal. Maybe they have Moxley v. Kenta. So I, I'm not sure, but I, I'm very excited about that match. Uh, Corey, I know that there was a clip that you put on Russell Life. I did not get a chance to see it um, with Omega and Kenta. So if you want to talk to us about the clip and, and what, sure. what you think that mo- means for things moving forward. Well, I thought it was really interesting what was done in that clip. It was about a minute and 35 second clip where after the main event was over, it's an AEW exclusive for you know YouTube or whatever. But they went and set up their main event for next week. They sit, They had Omega try to go and talk to Kenta in the backstage and was like, hey, uh, brother, brother Switchblade, another guy who disappeared, Jay White, didn't tell me you were coming. And that, you know, leads into the idea of, you know, Jay White with his promo earlier in the week, which we can get into saying how the real Bullet Club and all this other stuff, which Tommy Tom is doing his own stuff. But they had him go. And then all of a sudden Kenta goes, I got nothing to do with you. You know, shut the F up. I'm doing my own thing. I'm here from Oxford. Then all of a sudden, he goes and says, well, you know what? We'll fix this. Lance Archer wants to get involved with the foul things. Let's have a tag team match. I'll get me and Kenta will get on the same page. Me and Kenta versus Moxley and Lance Archer for next week in a no DQ, lights out, you know, basically anything goes match. And it went and went from having, you know, an average uh, AEW show next week with nothing really special to holy mother effing God, we're seeing one of the big matches of, Four guys who were in New Japan last year. You have, you know, Lance Archer, who faced um, Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom in a really good hardcore type of match 
for the U.S. that U.S. title, you know, a year and a half ago. And you got Kenta, who a lot of people think is, you know, one of the most underrated guys in the world for, you know, over a decade with the best wrestler in the world, you know, in North America. And, you know, you're setting up all those tensions and who knows who might still be around, you know? I mean, Jay White's not coming because he's still in the Japan tour, but you might have guys from your new Japan Strong shows that could be, you know, who knows? Maybe a Brody, uh, Brody Lee, not Brody. I'm sorry, Jesus, rest in peace. Brody uh, King, yeah. Brody King. No, the, the, yeah. I mean, let's. I mean, let's let you know. We don't need to get in all like the fantasy booking, but but yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they'll stick to. I think the best idea now is to do a slow roll. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need 18. You know, I know we're being we're excited about the fantasy booking, but build up Kenta and Moxley. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do with Omega. Who he's gonna go against? Eventually, I think he's going to go against Moxley again, um, which I think would make sense to have that a rematch. You could put that on a pay-per-view uh, revolution. I think it'd be fine to have that as a rematch. Um, so you build up Kenta. You continue to get Moxley and Omega involved. You mi- keep mixing them up. Um, and then I think after this Kenta feud will be that, then it'll be like, where do they go from here? Or maybe they just take a break. It's it's going to be hard to bring all these guys over with the pandemic and quarantining and stuff so i'm okay if they take a while with this this is a you know there are so many different possibilities i mean probably they're big i mean we talked about this too man tamatanga has been working all of us as we we said he's been saying talking stuff about omega talking crap about the young books what is he doing this for he is doing this to start to 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 work the audience right and everyone's going up in arms tamatanga he's an asshole yeah this is wrestling folks it's entertainment that's that's what he's supposed to be doing so um i i love it i love it and i'm excited to see where it goes absolutely you know what the future is pretty bright for all of wrestling right now because everyone looks like they're least willing to work together for a common goal of making the product as good as possible one of the things that we're going to have to find out as we talk about this subject in the weeks to come is how much integration we'll get. Is it going to be just sprinkling of just like we've had with the impact deal where it's private party going for a, you know, a month of tapings and Kenny Omega there for a month of tapings and where it'll just be Kenta for, you know, this two weeks or three weeks period leading up to their match, or is it something that's going to grow? We'll have, you know, a lot of integration of talent going back and forth. I mean, we, we'll talk about in a little while the the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament for the uh, for the title, but you know if I'm the A you know if I'm TNA's women's division I'm sitting there going, what in the world is going on you know so I mean it'll be interesting where they go but uh, Jay the other big thing of the week and we'll get more into AEW NXT a little bit later on in the show is uh, you know we had our big show which you can go back and listen to our instant reaction to the Royal Rumble this past weekend. Edge at 47 years old on the title. We had the return of Christian. We have a lot of things going on. But now that what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks is we'll find out who Edge is going to pick. If you listen to the Wrestling Observer and other places, it sounds like it's going to be Roman Reigns. But Jay, I'm going to ask this twofold. One, I think I asked you, you know, instant reaction from the podcast. But if you have a chance a little bit to think about it, do you agree with uh, what it looks like on paper it's going to be? Or do you want to see something else? Edge versus Roman Reigns, Edge versus the winner of Finn Balor and Dunn, Pete Dunn, or Ed versus Drew McIntyre. Where's your, uh, where's your mind going? You know, I like the idea of Edge against Drew because then I thought Daniel Bryan could go against Reigns. 
So that that's what I would have liked to have seen because I think Brian can get a really, really good match out of Roman Reigns. I think that, that could be the headliner for one of the nights and be a really, really good match. Uh, it doesn't appear to be that's where they're going. So, I mean, that's fine too. Reigns against Edge, I think, could be a lot of fun too. Um, you know, now the thing is, we were kind of told through the grapevine with rumors and stuff that Reigns would have the title for a while. So, um, and but usually we know they like to have the babyface win at WrestleMania as like the, you know, go home, feel good moment or whatever. So um, that leads me to believe that Edge is probably going to win because that seems to be how WrestleMania goes seemingly every year. But we'll see if that's what they do with their golden boy, Roman Reigns. Um, you know, who the hell is uh, Drew going to go against? Sheamus at WrestleMania? That's really? That's a good question here. I mean, he's got a couple uh, of contenders. You know, he's got AJ. You can possibly go with, you know, with the, the best AJ wrestler. Just, the- he just beat him. Did they face him? Just, yeah, TLC. They, he just beat him. Well, that's right. Wow. See, that's how memorable some certain things on the Royal brand are. Hey, it, no, it was a very good match. It was a good match. But... You know, it was a one, you know, kind of one, you know, they needed to get a match in there. So, um, so yeah, it was a good match, but like he beat him already. Give me another guy. (laughs) Is there any other guy he could possibly go against that would make any sense on raw if he doesn't go against edge and and, and don't give me Seamus one guy. Well, I gave you, well, I gave you value in a pre-show, which uh, you don't want to see happen yet to get lost. But if Finn Balor loses the title to Pete Dunn, I can see him going up to the main roster. And you do Balor versus Drew McIntyre. I think that could be, you know, the guy who never lost the uh, the title because of injury. And the guy who's, you know, your dominant champion since WrestleMania. I mean, that could be a pretty, you know, two guys who work a hard style. I mean. I mean, it'd be a good match. I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Vince saying like, yes, this is the direction I want to go. And this is a big enough star. No, I don't think so. Could you hit, could you heat up Damian Priest in two months? No, not enough time. I guess he's gonna be stuck with uh, Bad Bunny and uh, the the, the Bobsy twins. Well, apparently, Bad Bunny yeah. might wrestle at WrestleMania, so that that's yeah, what that's, that's true. I did hear that. That's, <clears throat> that's what that's what we're working with here. I don't know, Corey, and, and not to just bang on Raw like we do every week, but I don't. I mean, would it be Cena? I, that's an interesting conversation. Now, 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 here, now, we'll just get into it with Cena, right? The the rumor, you know, Cena has said, not a rumor. Cena has said he's filming the show. It's in Vancouver. Uh, there's some type of actors contract or whatever, and he can't come over. My buddy works in Chicago and and, and actors um, places, and and there are they are pretty ironclad about letting people go and things like that. So it is it is a very intense. Pro- the COVID process is very very intense. Um, when it comes to actors that 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 I do know um here's the thing though if he's been filming the show the swerve part of it could be that the the show stops filming to me that's the swerve part of it is is the fact that is a show filming for 60 days there's a chance it could end filming until July He's the st- and the, the the movie is uh, the TV show is the peace uh, the peacemaker which is a prequel to this James Gunn's the Suicide Wait he's Squad. F- wait he's on he is on set filming a show for five months six seven months he's the star of it I guess I don't know I mean that's what they're that's what everything he's I mean he told I believe it was si dot uh, com that it's mathematically impossible right now he sees it's mathematically impossible for him to be part of WrestleMania. 
La- you know, last year he was part of WrestleMania in the uh, Funhouse match, was, you know, which I enjoyed a lot, the uh, cinematic match. But if you're going to do a cinematic match with him and, you know, like a Goldberg or someone else, I could see maybe they can do some sort of filming around that where you maybe have somebody go up to Vancouver and they film stuff. And then, you know, that other person who may not be a full-timer is able to quarantine back here or do something. Maybe you have well, them. Well, they won't have to quarantine. It's Canada where the rules are. Right. Canada, Canada does not have a lot of COVID. We have a lot of COVID. They wouldn't have to quarantine back here. We're the, we're the problem. Canada's not the problem. But with the um, testing requirements and stuff, I'm sure they would, it wouldn't be, you know, the whole giving them, you know, doing an infrared scan to see if they have fever. It would be a freaking test. It'd be a COVID test. You mean so, ROH rules? I got you. Yeah, it'd be like a ROH thing. So, uh, do I think he's going to be at WrestleMania? hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, maybe not hundred percent, maybe ninety percent. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I believe. But, but but yeah, but I think you made a great point, right? They could have someone go to Canada. Now, if they go to Canada, they'll have to quarantine. That's the that that'd be the part of it. But if it's a part timer, like who can? Like I, I think they could figure it out. Vancouver's a beautiful city to be at for a couple of weeks. So. I, I think they could figure that part out. Do I think he's in WrestleMania at some in some shape, form, or fashion? Absolutely. Well, let me ask you the other version of this stuff. With with the amount of um, importance that Vince McMahon over the last couple of years has put on part-timers, and the idea with the Peacock thing, and you're trying to get people, the average casual fan in, and I think as a casual fan knows who John Cena is a lot more than they know who Bray Wyatt or, you know, Roman Reigns is. I know Roman Absolutely. Reigns has done a lot of stuff, you know, stuff with The Rock and Hobbs and Shore and different things with getting known because of, unfortunately with the diagnosis of cancer and everything else. But mainstream people know who John Cena is because of national commercials and some of the movies. But, you know, how much does that hurt, you know, the average person of buying WrestleMania if he's got nothing to do with it this year? You're not buying WrestleMania. You're buying Peacock. Or buying Peacock if you're not a fan of The Office. So, or you have it free from your cable. Like, I don't... I don't know that anyone's going to be, you know, I think that's the thing, right? You're not paying $60 for this. So I'm not saying they're going to throw out a below average show, but certainly they don't need to give us all the bells and whistles, you know? Um, I know they're going to want to go to WrestleMania. Uh, also, by the way, I thought about the guy for Drew. We could go back to the well again. The beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. It's... Uh... If they're going to bring him in, you guys think he's going to be in the next uh, that next month? Yeah, or I mean, that would be that would be the guy. That I think that would be the guy. You have you have this shameless feud, which you talk about hot shot booking. I mean, my God, um, that was but, that was, uh, that was it's like let, let, let's slow let let's slow roll slow roll, and then he kicks him in the head and then says, "I want the title." I mean, I mean, this is the most. God. Anyway, um, so we have that feud through the next. You know, whatever fast lane, whatever this next paper he was. Elimination chamber. Um, and then he, elimination chamber. Um, yeah, so they could do elimination chamber and fast lane, and then you have Brock. So I, I think it makes it makes a ton of sense. Um, and I think he probably would be. And I know that they wrestled each other last year, but he never got a rematch. Right, he was gone for a year. So I, I, you know, he's probably the guy. That that that's gonna be my guess. So Brock against Drew rematch, and then um, and then Reigns against Edge. And I think you know, that's okay. I mean, I I think that's I think Edge and Reigns could tell a good story. Um, Edge is so good on the mic now. It's you know, so um, I think they could tell a great story. 
And with Drew and Brock, I think, you know, it might be a little bit of a rougher way to tell that story, but at least you have the guy coming back for his belt that, you know, he never got a rematch for and so on and so forth. So there's different ways they can go there. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other, the last guy I would think of going back to the uh, Drew thing is the guy who's been pro- best protected in, on Raw over the last, you know, year. You could always have, uh, as well as they booked Matt Riddle, you could have Matt Riddle, you know, get a surprise win over Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley, you know, basically destroys uh, Drew. And then you just have Bobby Lashley, the, like I said, guy who you don't know. He, how got, he, got, a t- he got a title shot, though. When? He got a title shot um, during one of those. June pay-per-views. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. My, my, yeah. These, uh, these yeah, it was a good, it was, it was, yeah, it was a good match. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll look it up while you keep talking, but yeah, no, it was, um, I mean, it was definitely one of those June pay-per-views, but anyway. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, it's good. It'll be even interesting. So I guess the other question is how long do you think it's going to take for edge to make his decision? Do you think we get the decision on Friday with with reigns or do you think they they actually push this out for a week or two where he actually waits for the uh, finn balor done match to happen and he goes and you know goes on once or twice on raw you know oh god the other person which we could always go back to randy orton and and the fiend to make it a three-way which i saw rumored you know some pages which you know total snooze fest i don't want to see but so lastly did go against drew at uh backlash that was the the show um oh my god that would be that would be but for the ballot lose that would be i mean i think brock is i think brock would be fine i think brock i think that'd be okay it'd be a rematch he didn't you know he lost the belt he never got a rematch i think i think brock would be fine i i i i think the orton i mean Corey, that's probably where they're going three-way or just orton Three-way, and you have Orton. I have Wyatt win the title and beat Orton. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, Orton's got to come back. Or Wyatt's got to come back. Yeah, I guess you're right. I remember. So if not, so so we've got so we've got we've got Sheamus is gonna you know not win. So we've got Brock and we've got Orton and Bray Wyatt. I think those are those are kind of or and Cena maybe. Those are kind of the options. But I don't think Cena should get a title match either. He doesn't need to get a title match. I mean, you could sell the idea of uh, him or Randy Orton going for that, you know, 17th title, breaking Ric Flair's uh, record finally, which I don't know if he'll ever be active. They had feuded they they the whole year last year. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, let's move on. We'll figure, figure that out. We got time to figure it out. But uh, let, let's move on, um, you know, to, to, the, to the next thing. Um, yeah, I think Edge against Reigns makes a lot of sense. I think that could be a good feud. So we'll kind of we'll kind of see how that goes. So speaking about Roman Reigns, I was listening to uh, one of the many you know after shows, people talking about uh, Raw and trying to make sense of it because you know usually when I'm finished watching Raw, I'm sitting there going, "Oh my God, what did I watch for three hours? Please help me." As Jay is the, the lot more willing victim of actually you know tweeting you know at work shoot pod to put out his opinions, but. Uh, Sean Ross. It's literally because I have nothing else to do. It's literally because I have nothing else to do. Like I'm usually tweeting and I'm mad and I'm watching it. And I'm fast. I watch the show in like a half hour and I'm like, what am I watching here? But anyway, go ahead. So, but uh, Sean Ross Sapp and Denise Salcedo from Fightful.com uh, on their after show brought up an interesting conversation. I wanted to get Jay's point of view on this. Right now, is there anyone on the roster 
who you think is either ready or should be the guy to beat Roman Reigns, who's basically your best character, one of the only characters truly over right now. Because, I mean, like you said before, you know, you always want to, if you can, have WrestleMania go off with the happy ending of Edge holding up the title, the boyhood dream coming true, all that stuff. But is there anybody really out there that they built enough in any of the company to beat Roman Reigns? Me personally, I think he's like your best character right now. And unfortunately, it's a heel. But I think you keep the head of the table with the title, you know, leading WrestleMania. Is there anybody out there they built enough to defeat Roman Reigns who should? I mean, what do we just talk about for 10 minutes, right? Can we get anyone on Raw? You know, we got Daniel Bryan or whatever. I mean, Daniel, they didn't build anyone up. No, I mean, Daniel Bryan is a natural guy who, who's a main eventer who they could just put in that slot. But did they build anyone up? No, no. I think Big E will get there. Um, and I think that they're actually doing a, a halfway decent job with him. SmackDown, again, they actually, like, try to make a wrestling show that makes sense. So um, I think eventually Big E will be there, maybe toward closer to the end of the year. Uh, I think eventually, but I don't think I don't think they're there yet. You know, I don't I definitely don't think they're there yet. But um, yeah, I think Brian would be the only guy um, and maybe Big E um, eventually will have a shot at the title. I, I have to think that after Edge, if he wins, because Edge is up. I mean, he's going to be part. I mean, I don't see him out there every SmackDown. So if Reigns retains the title. I see him doing, you know, I know we've talked about Daniel Bryan feud a million times, but I see him doing a Daniel Bryan feud. And then, you know, that'll be maybe do something. And then, you know, there you go. I don't know. But it'll be funny with Rollins. It's like, I get, you know, what do they do with him? What does his character become? You know, he's not the Messiah. He can't be the Messiah anymore. You gotta, you got, they gotta do something different. He can't just be, I'm the Messiah, uh, fall asleep again at that. They gotta figure out what to do with him. So, does Rollins become a babyface again? Does he, you know, was that kind of a one-off at Royal Rumble for a little bit? Um, I don't, I'll be very interested in the scene. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I'm truly looking forward to on SmackDown this week is Rollins coming back at the Rumble at 29, which I think that was a mistake. He should have been number 30 instead of Braun, who they, you know, brought back the night on last week's SmackDown. But I think it's going to be really interesting on what, you know, Seth Rollins says on SmackDown this week on his first return to SmackDown basically since being drafted, you know? So, I mean, I think that's going to be an interesting storyline of what his direction is going into WrestleMania. I know that's a different subject to talk about, you know, in the weeks to come, but, you know, I think he's the guy who you can most likely have face, you know, Roman maybe at SummerSlam or something, but I would not take the title off him. And that's maybe the reason why, like you, I don't want to see Roman versus Edge. I think it could be a really good match, but I feel like by having Edge cashing in, or I'm sorry, having the title match against Roman Reigns and the story of, you know, being out for so long and this is his thing to be, be a champion, which he never lost, puts the company in a weird situation. Do you not have Edge win or do you take the title off of your... Yeah, but I don't, I don't think... I, I, think Edge could be tr- I think Edge could be a transitional champion. I don't think it matters if he wins and then loses in, in you know, whatever, a couple months at Money in the Bank or whatever. Um yeah, I don't think it really matters that much. I think if he beats Reigns and has that song song, it'll be fine. Reigns is main evented like uh, all these WrestleManias. So um, I, I, Reigns could lose to me tomorrow and he'd still be where he is. So I, I don't I don't think it'd be a big deal at all if he loses the match, uh, to be honest with you. So I think he, if anyone could lose, he could lose. I still think, you know, you need to keep Drew strong. Um, 
But I, I absolutely think Roman Reigns could lose. You know, you, you do a, a couple more rematches. You have Reigns beat him again. I guess the interesting thing with Edge is what is the long-term plan with him? He's 47 years old. Uh, he looks great. Like He's in great shape still. Um, you know, apparently this is what he wants to do. Like He wants to come back. So, I mean, does he want to be a kind of a full-time part-timer? You know, like kind of like Daniel Bryan, a guy who's there pretty consistently, but not every week. Um, what what is his plan? Um, that that's I think the interesting thing. Um, obviously, this road to WrestleMania, he's going to be on all these shows and he's going to be out there a lot. But if he wins the title, what what does he become? Is he like Brock Lesnar? He shows up once a month, or is he a guy who's going to be out there a, a little more? So. Um, yeah, I'm definitely very curious to see where where Edge is at with everything um, and, and and kind of you know what he does moving forward. Yeah, I mean, like I said, next couple of weeks we'll we'll see where where his decision goes. We'll see how you know Christian Christian is involved if they do that or how they you know involve. The they have all these concussion problems. What, 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 how is he back? I'm glad he's back. I love Captain Charisma, but man, he's got a lot of concussion problems. It is amazing, you know. We've I've uh, a couple of years back, you know, WWE would not pass anybody to return, and now everybody's back. It's it's interesting if you know the pressures of competing and you know living up to all the money they're getting from all these other partners, or is it you know has modern technology gone so good that Daniel Bryan could pass and you know Edge can pass, Christian could pass, you know, you know who's next? Um, geez, didn't really want to say that on the show, but um. You know, it is interesting to say the least. Yeah, let's do what happens. So, I mean, you know, Raw is always not, not exactly the best show, but, you know, unless there's something that really bothered you on Raw, I think we can move on to the Wednesday Night Delight. Please, Let, let's. NXT had a, a very, uh, NXT had a very solid show this week. Yeah, NXT, AW. Now, here's the thing that I'm going to say. We, we already brought it up with the Kenta stuff. Where you know you, some people would say it's, you know, hot shot booking or whatever. But the big thing about AW NXT NXT most weeks you can say in ring is a better show, and Jay will definitely agree with that point when I let him speak in about thirty seconds here. Every but week, the, every but you know what? When you watch AEW, things happen that matter that you remember. On NXT most weeks, and Jay, you may disagree with this. It really doesn't feel like anything super important happens most weeks. Like okay. NXT to me was a good show or even a very good show, but you know what? Like a day after watching it. I remember little things, but nothing like really stood out to me going, oh my God, Bes- besides the edge segment, which we could talk about in a second here. Yeah, but, but, but Corey, here's the thing. And, and, you know, our buddy Brian Drake pointed this out, right? Like, that NXT doesn't have stars. So they aren't going to stand out. They, they don't have anyone like, as much as you could say, Kenny Omega is a star, isn't a star, whatever you want to say. They don't have anyone that to his level. They don't have anyone like John Moxley. As much as Chris Jericho, I could, I could, you know, n- not see him wrestle again and be okay. They don't have anyone like Chris Jericho. They, they don't have any stars. Uh, Cody Rhodes. They have no one. They have no one like Cody Rhodes, who I think has turned himself into this star, which I predicted many years ago, and WWE didn't see for whatever reason, and and dropped the ball on him. That might be one of the all-time guys, by the way. They dropped the ball on with what yep. he's done with himself after. But um, yeah, they don't have any stars. 
their biggest star might be Io Shirai. <laughs> like, they don't have any stars, right? So you know, you could say Balor, um, but I mean, yeah. So I, I just I think that um, because they don't have any stars, it's hard to have as many as much of a impactful. You know, and, and NXT wasn't ever that. They weren't ever like a, oh my God, it's car crash TV. There's crazy angles. We're doing it. It wasn't like that. It was like a good, very, very good wrestling show. And that's still what it is. And that that formula really hasn't changed. And I know Chris Hero um, was on some show and he's like, they, it changed when they went weekly and stuff like that. And, you know, or two hours on USA. And that, that I mean, that's probably true. You got to change a little bit. But, um, and they lose people. They just lost Damian Priest, who I who I think would have probably if if he was an AEW and let you know let's say it says in NXT and he's there he would, he probably would be champion this year. He would have been NXT champion this year more than likely, right? But they don't have him. He he left. He's gone. So you know, I I, I Corey, it's it, it's hard to compare. It, it's just hard to compare. Yeah. So I mean, uh. We just I just put up on the share, you know, for the video viewers, uh, just brought up the results from this past week's NXT. Uh, on cage match, you got an average score, I believe, of a 7.94, which is a really good number. But, you know, like I said, you know, you had some good matches. I like what they're doing with, you know, Santos Escobar. I think it's interesting. I mean, this this Curtis Stallion thing, I think, was a total waste of time. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he lost. He, he, he lost. He gone. He gone. Go back to te- go back to Texas, Curtis Stallion. Yeah, let's go driving for 16 hours and being the Lone Star, whatever the hell that is. Uh, Lagana Del Fantasma match was good. Uh, Austin Theory match I enjoyed. I thought the women's tech, the Dakota Kai, Casey Kenanzaro, Kaden, I think that match was that was the best match of the night. Um, I absolutely, I absolutely loved that match. These kind of underdogs, these underdogs fighting from underneath the whole time. You got these established women stars and they're trying their best to win. I, I I thought the match was fa- fantastic. I, I thought it was a lot of fun, um, and yeah, I, I that was my favorite match, other than the um, uh, the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match. You know, those are were my two favorite matches of of the uh, of of the Wednesday. I don't know. I, I thought that Casey was a lot more, a lot sloppier than she was, you know, two weeks before. I know she's young and she hasn't been doing she, this very long, but she, well, she made a mistake or two. She made a mistake or two, but. I don't think she was sloppy. She went out. She she really like went for it with some of her moves and didn't miss. To me, sloppy's like, you know, fucking up a suplex, like or Nia Jax throwing someone on her head. She's doing flips and shit, and she misses the spot. Like that's not sloppy to me. That, those like are I, said, two I didn't think it was anything special. I thought it was like I said. I, I think as an overall oh, show, I I, I I dis I dis I disagree. I thought it was a great match. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, it's interesting to see what they do. Going forward, but what if anything really stood out though from NXT this week before we move on to AW? Because like I said, I thought it was a solid. Yeah, just I mean, yeah, that like I said, that woman's match uh, I thought was was really really good and really fun. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't think there was anything that stood out. I'm glad Kashida is going to get a title shot. I thought that interview that he did with um, the new new um, uh, interviewer there was hilarious. You know, yeah, um, I think Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano has been uh, fantastic. I think he's been so great as a heel. And he, so, of course, he is what the Miz should be on a Raw. 
right? So Johnny Gargano, he's corny. He jokes. He, you know, obviously, you know, he's kind of, you, you feel like he's kind of in on the act too. And he's really corny and really, you know, got dad jokes, whatever. But he's not a total, he's not a dork, if that makes sense, right? Like he's got this stable and like they kind of all play off each other. Whereas the Miz and Morrison, it's like, please, I don't want to watch these guys. I think that's who the Miz, and I know the Miz has been around for 20 years and whatever, and he has three shows and he's got a production company. He knows more about wrestling than I'll ever know. But that's more of what the Miz should be um, rather than whatever the hell he's doing with John Morrison. It's the worst thing ever. Um, But anyway, we don't need to talk anymore about uh, Bash and Raw again. But yeah, I think Organo has been great. Glad she is going to get a title shot. Uh, that show looks stacked. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, vengeance look. And, Corey, here's the thing. And this is what I'm, I'm just going to say this. Sure. I love AEW. They don't have, they can't, uh, they can't put a show like that on. Mm. I, I don't think they can, I don't think they have the, I, I don't think they, I don't think they have that level of, I don't think they can put a show like that on. I, I don't agree, but we'll definitely see. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I get that you disagree, Corey. They, they haven't had a card like the card that we're gonna see next week. They haven't had a card like that. Now, part of it is they want to get Jericho on all these pay per views, and and we, we know, you know, Father Time's catching up to him. Um, so maybe when he, you know, retires or whatever, maybe we'll start to see that. But Corey, I, I they haven't had a, have they had a card that looks like a, a vengeance? I don't think so. I don't think they have any. I don't think they've had any card that looks like that. You saying in recent months or just in general? In general, what what card have they had uh, that's looked like Revolution blows this card away, which was the best card of the year. But you know, we could talk about it. You know, more as you know, as time goes on. But just want to quickly say, you know, uh, Felipe. Uh, yeah, uh, I I I I just I just I disagree with that. I'm gonna look at that. I'm gonna look at that card last year too oh, i mean they had maybe the greatest tag team match of all time they had maybe the greatest tag team match of all time but the show as a whole hey, I, a I don't i don't i don't i don't know if i agree with that take a look well i'll just let as you do that i'll let people know that felipe uh from the total basis podcast you know joined us in the chat uh, saying good evening gents uh you check them out on sundays around 11 a.m in the morning every week talking of uh, fantasy baseball and uh, a lot of other great stuff when it comes to baseball, him and Sean. And uh, the, the main guy, Henry Maldonado, uh, said, hello, you know, what, what's up, fellas? You know, we catch him on, uh, on Mondays on Donk City talking baseball with, uh, with Vince as they continue to talk about all the latest going on in the uh, postseason. Well, not postseason, but, you know, the offseason, you know, Colton Wong, you know, signing with the Brewers and everything else going on with, you know, if we're going to have spring training starting on time. But Colton Wong? They're not talking about freaking Colton Wong. Get out of here. All right, come on. Let's go to the next Colton Wong. Trevor Bauer's gonna Trevor Bauer's gonna figure out what team he's gonna play in a couple of days. Mickey Calloway is the biggest Mickey Calloway is basically a total perv. They're not talking about Colton Wong. All right, come on, go ahead. But um Colton Wong. <laughs> Get out of here. I like to fire you up, you know. That. Um, okay, okay. I'm just gonna uh, we're we're just gonna do this because why not? Dustin Rhodes against Jake Hager. Get out of here. Darby Allen against Sammy Guevara. Was good great. match. Very good match. The tag title match. Greatest tag title match of all time. 
Uh-huh. Fine. Chris Tatlander against Nyla Rose? Absolutely not. not. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. Yeah. Uh, Cody against MJF? Good was match. Good. Was really, really good. It was. It, it's. It's. It was a good match. It was very good. Orange Cassidy against Pac might have been the best match of the night. Oh well, next <laughs> to the tag team match. Uh huh. Um. Mox against Jericho. I don't think it was. I don't think that it was, was a really. Great that match. was really good. I don't think that was a great match. Absolutely oh. not. Okay. So so we got so we've got we've got a bunch of good matches. That might have been their best show overall. I'll give you that. They've got a bunch of good matches and two great matches. Great. They've got more people. But uh, I I I the MJ MJF Cody match was good. It wasn't even MJF's best match. I think Jungle Boy. I don't, I don't agree with that. Match. Yeah, his best match was Jungle. So so um you know. It was a very good show, but like that's the that's the best show that they've had so far, and and I'm gonna say this, part of the thing is they gotta always have the women's matches, and generally, they're not always up to par. I think they they're starting to get there with the Thunder Rose or whatever. But anyway, so that's that's just I I will stand by what I said. I think at this point they are not capable with the tricks and gimmicks they like to do, which is fine. Um, I don't think they're capable of having a show like like um, like Vengeance. But all right. So uh, as we uh, talk about, uh, what, what was this? What was this? That battle royal was that battle royal was really good. Shit show. What? All right. No, hold on. They, no, they, I'm just. I'm being. The... No, I'm. Okay. I'm being. I'm being funny. The battle royal was fine. The battle royal was fine. It wasn't. Right? Corey, the battle royal wasn't what? really. It was what? eleven minute. It was an eleven minute battle royal where people just got thrown over the top rope. It was just fine. It was what? fine. Was good. Was I did really like. Good. I do want to get your opinion though, quickly before we move on. It's not a big thing. What did you think of the new way of doing a battle royale with tag teams, where it wasn't the usual WWE style? Where oh, I like. I like that. The, I, I, I like that. The problem is, it, everyone's getting eliminated so quick. You didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, I think that's the only issue with that is like you didn't know. Like I, I forget. Like they're like the young bucks have both been eliminated. I'm like, have they? I, I, so I think that was maybe an issue. Is that? Um, you had to eliminate so many people in so short a time that I think that that kind of hurt it. But um, overall, it's battle royal. It was fine. And like you said, Britt uh, Brit Baker versus Thunder Rosa, I thought was a very good match. Thirteen minutes Absolutely. long. It got a six point eight nine out of a possible ten. I'm, I've got. We, we don't need it. We don't need to get in other people's ratings. It was a good match. And I think it really brings up the idea of this women eliminator tournament, which is coming up in the next couple of weeks, which we can talk about now for a couple of moments. I think that Britt Baker has to be the favorite to win this, especially the, uh, the, the American side. We don't know what the matchups are besides Rio versus uh, Serena Deebs, the NWA champion, which is interesting where, you know, she's been on TV here and there. Um, yeah. Interesting. They don't have Rio against like Tay Conti or, Someone like that. It's going to be against Serena Deeb. So, yeah. Like if they wanted to make it a big time first match, you know, on Yeah, no, I mean, I, listen, shit, that's, that's, that's about, that's one of the best matches you could have. I, Corey, I agree with you 100%. I think Britt Baker is absolutely the, got to be the favorite, especially the fact that she beat Thunder Rosa. They've been building her up for so long. I, I think she has to be the favorite. I think it's her time um, to go against Sheeta. They had, they had maybe her best match and Cheetah's best match. I mean, that match on Dynamite where they were bleeding, it was just, it was fantastic. Um, so I, and I, I, yeah, I think Bert Baker is definitely the favorite. And I think she's going to, I think she's going to be the next champion. 
And I think that's the right decision. I mean, as much as I like, and then you could run back Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, maybe at All Out or somewhere down the line where Thunder, if Thunder Rosa is officially with this company, she can maybe be your champion who takes it off of Britt. Or at that point, maybe you brought in someone who is big enough and good enough to take it off Britt Baker. But I think Britt Baker year two can be, you know, now that she's gotten better in the ring, she's your big product. And I think she's got the total package, not Lex Luger, but the total package of everything talking and in ring. So that Sheeta is really good in the ring, but she just doesn't exude a star, you know? And that's what you really need, I think. Yeah, I don't think they do a good job with Sheeta. I really, I really think they do a very, very poor job with her and highlighting her. Um, if you thought, if you watched AEW for the last month, you would think Britt Baker should be the champion, right? And I, and I think with NXT, you watch NXT and you're like, oh, Eel's the champion. She's the badass. And you don't, you don't, you don't see that with with a, with AEW with the women's division. We we could talk about that on Raw, right? right? Where like the champion is Asuka, but she's overshadowed by a lot of other things. So. That is a little bit of an issue, but, you know, um, we'll see where they go. And like I said, you know, I and we'll see where it goes. Like I said, and the other thing I want to quickly bring up as we continue to move along on this show. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this woman eliminator when it comes to the matches in Japan. Because half half of this bracket, I'm like, unfortunately, we're big, bigger fans of American wrestling when it comes to women and not knowing all the women who are in this in this bracket, unfortunately. But. It'd be interesting to see how they film these matches. Will they will they air? Will it be another thing, just like the women's tag team tournament? Will there be on a YouTube show like every you know every Monday right before Raw or how they do this? Jay, what, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think there's any way these matches air in AEW. Um, most a lot of them, um, and so I think there'll be YouTube or I mean, Dark's five hours, so they could just put it on Dark. I think the thing is, how are they going to continue? You know, how do they make the fans care about this? I, that That's going to be the interesting part. You know, I mean, they've made fans care about Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. They've had Serena D, but we've never heard her talk. Jay Cargill should be the champion, according to what they've done here. Red Velvet, they've, they've profiled finally. But it, it's hard when they have not profiled so and obviously the japanese women that's different right we you know that that's a different thing but you know so how are they going to make fans care about about these women especially women the women in in japan who a lot of us are not familiar with so um they've got some work to do here and uh, other than just okay here's just some good wrestling like you gotta make people care about these characters especially if they're going to be on dynamite at some point so we shall see yeah, and like I said before, it's going to be interesting to see with everything that's going on with the deal with New Japan and Impact and, you know, other companies that could be down the line, why the Impact women were not involved in this tournament. And, you know, some of the Impact women, maybe you don't want to put, you know, uh, Perrazzo in because you don't want to have her lose and hurt, hurt your champion on that brand. But you wonder why other people who was such a stacked division involved in this. Well it makes well it makes sense, Corey. They want to profile their women. I mean, you know, you got Tay Conti, you got some developmental people with Tay Conti and Anna Jay. They want to highlight them. You got Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I mean, makes total sense why they wouldn't have, you know, these women who, you know, and and also not for nothing, we love them. We know Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles or whatever, but the audience may not know these women. 
um, you know, when they did, when Thunder Rosa came on, they did really good profiles of Thunder Rosa and highlighting how good she was and things like that. You know, the audience may not know who the hell Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles and just and Havoc and Nevaeh. They may not know who they are. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense that they would not highlight them and maybe bring them in for one-offs at some point. So, um, you know, I don't know if I agree with that, actually. I, I think it makes sense for them to highlight the women that they have there, whether they're good or not is another question, but it makes sense for them to highlight the women who have been there, who have worked hard to, to, to move up and, and improve and, um, you know, um, hopefully impact wrestling, you know, women's wrestlers will eventually be on the show because they sure as shit need them. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. It makes sense. They want to kind of grow their own. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how that all works. Uh, and I guess the last thing quickly on AW and we, if you want to talk about, we can, I mean, the wedding was what it was. It was a harmless wedding. Who cares? They're still booking, you know, Miro terribly. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes down the line, but the six man tag that led into the Kenta segment, I thought was really good. I thought it was, I personally thought that was the best thing of the night on, on the two shows. I know Jay, you, felt the uh, women's tag match in NXT was, but I really think the way that they have booked uh, Phoenix, I wish he would win more, but, and you know, Jay, you may disagree with me on this, but watching, watching that, I felt that Phoenix should be the guy getting the title shot next against Kenny Omega, not John Moxley based on the crowd. reaction. Well, he didn't, but he did get a title shot and he lost. Agreed. No, I understand that. They did get the shot and he lost. I think if I think Corey, if he didn't have a mask and was better at English, I think he'd he'd be he might be the champion. I mean, he's I don't I I mean, are there are there is there any better wrestler there than Kenny Omega? I don't know than Phoenix. I don't I don't think that there is. In AW, is there a better wrestler? Is there a better is there someone you'd rather watch wrestle? Other than Kenny Omega, is there anyone else that you'd rather rather watch wrestle? I don't think there is. I, I, there I, isn't. I so, if, so if the guy didn't have a mask on and which was you know, you know, it was better with the English language and whatever, you know, if he was Santos Escobar, he probably would be the champion or would have had a title runner or whatever at some point. So, you know, and and also like you know, we watched the documentary on him on that, you know, that wrestler documentary they have on Viceland, Vice, yeah. mm-hmm. on Viceland and they hear his story and, you know, coming from Mexico and he had a young child and working his way up. I mean, he is, he's the baby face of baby faces. Right. And so I hope they do more to highlight his character rather than, you know, I think sometimes, you know, they're maybe afraid to have the guy speak in Spanish because then the audience going to be like, what, what, you know, ignorant assholes, but, I don't know. Maybe they do subtitles. Maybe they do what they've done with EO, where they do these video packages where she speaks in Japanese and they do subtitles and they kind of make her look like a badass. Like, I, you know, I don't know. They have such a, he's such a great wrestler and he wrestles a baby face style and he's a natural baby face character in the ring. You know, if he was in New Japan, he'd be the, he'd probably be the junior champion. I, I think there's probably not much doubt about that. Um, and we say, when is he going to go to AEW? So I, I, I don't know, Corey. I, I, I struggle with it. But I, I love Phoenix. I agree with you. I've loved him since Lucha Underground. Um, and, you know, we'll see that, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll, get, he'll get a run at some point with 
a title or a ta- I mean, he hasn't won a title. <laughs> he hasn't won a title. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a couple of guys in AEW that you wish got you know better book, but there's so many guys. They keep on bringing in more guys. I mean, listening to different things, you know, one of the guys that now you could say possibly could come in is, you know, uh, Harry Smith because of now you're booking Lance Archer better. And if you're doing a thing with, you know, New Japan stuff, you can. He needs to go to, he needs to go to, he needs to go to NXT. He should not go to, he should not go to AEW. I'm that'd not, not disagreeing. I'm just saying that'd, that'd be a, that'd be a big mistake. Open with, you know, different guys from, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I had, I totally forgot about it. Like a couple of weeks ago, like Lance Archer was on being the elite and he was wearing a Suzuki gun, you know, uh, shirt. I think at the time I was like, oh, whatever, you know, he's just wearing whatever he wants backstage in these silly show. But now that you've got new Japan, you could bring back, you know, the killer league squad with Harry Smith and him. Well, I don't want want to do the whole, I don't want to do the whole fantasy booking thing. Uh, We'll see what happens, um, you know, with, with Harry Smith. Um, but I, I agree they need to do a better job of highlighting the people who are there. And, and you know, like Joey Janela, a, a shot. I haven't seen Sonny Kiss in forever. Um, not that Sonny Kiss is great, but, you know, I think the problem, Corey, is they're running a show that they want. They have their formula. Moxley, Omega, Jericho, Cody, Bucks. They're on every single show. And Jericho oftentimes is wrestling and oftentimes is has a segment. So sometimes Jericho has two segments. So he is sometimes 20, 25 minutes of the show. And I love Chris Jericho. He is a top five guy for me of all time. But it's really hard for me when other guys are not highlighted, when you have Chris Jericho taking up 25 minutes almost every episode and God bless him. The inner circle has been entertaining and, and, and that stuff's been great. But I, I think that it's hard when you have you know, murals out there doing that winning was terrible. Corey. It was, ter- and that's why I didn't say the show was very good. So that's, that was my, and the, the, whatever they did with um, Kingston and Archer, that madness, those two I things for that. me were like, but the, but the, the, the were train wrecks, but the wedding was awful. And that's, that's my issue, right? It is you have people who should be highlighted more and aren't. I mean, I still remember that Phoenix, um, when Phoenix was going to have the match with uh, Omega and Pac talked the whole time. Well, how does that put, how does that put uh, Phoenix over? When, when, uh, why not have Pac, if I was a fan, I'd say, why is Pac not wrestling, Right. Um, look at this week with Sting and um, Sting and Darby Allen and that whatever that promo was by Sting against Team Taz. Sting spoke for Darby Allen like he was his big brother and he was fighting his battles for him. Darby Allen's the champion. Why is Darby Allen not talking? So some of this stuff, they, they need to figure out. I know they have a formula. I know people want to see Jericho and they want to sing his music and he's a star. He's the biggest star in AEW. He's the big, he's a bigger, he's, he's one of the biggest stars, right? In in wrestling history. So I understand they want to have him out there every week. And it's not just about him, but Cody's got to be out there every week wrestling Peter Avalon or or whoever the hell. And you got to have the bucks out there every week. I, I don't know. I just, 
I struggle with how they're going to get, how they're going to get everybody over, how, how they're going to get people to the point where they can win titles. I don't know. You know what, unfortunately, and this is, we'll say it's very quickly because they're running very low on time right now, but the formula is winning. Once again, AEW won in the ratings. They won in the 18 to 49 demographic, number three on the night, AEW 844K to NXT 610. And this is one of the last topics. Edge couldn't save NXT. Uh, and somebody wrote this on Twitter, you know, Edge couldn't save NXT. Honestly, just move NXT already, you know, to a new night. And that's a discussion for another time because we're going to go, it's never going to happen most likely until NHL, you know, goes to USA Network on Wednesday nights possibly. But I guess my question is, is Edge a draw? Because, you know, the raw number really didn't move that much. I mean, they didn't go down, but the raw, raw number didn't move. AEW still won the night handily. I don't know what's going to happen on SmackDown, but what's your thoughts on Edge really not helping the uh, helping? And it was advertised. On, I know it wasn't advertised on Raw, but it was advertised on social media for like a day and a half. Yeah, I think that what did you just say? It was not advertised on Raw. Um, I, I think that was that was it because we did talk. I was like, huh, Edge didn't get the bump, but I think maybe they didn't do a good enough job of promoting Edge. Um, other through other but and you could also say hey social media is a big thing people you know are watching you know what does um uh wwe have five million twitter followers or whatever so you would think they probably would do better but yeah it's interesting edge didn't move the needle it did not move the needle um you know and you, you think about when they had survivor series and nxc was involved how well they did in the rating that during that time uh, when they had all those WWE guys, but you know, Edge didn't move the needle. So, and maybe that tells you that one, the social media stuff was too late. Mm-hmm. Two, nobody thinks Edge is going for the NXT title. Um, so, yeah, it could be a bunch of, or people don't care about Edge, which I don't think is the case. So, there are some factors that were in play there. Uh, I think the WWE definitely should have promoted that he was going to be in NXT, on NXT. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how things go over the next couple of weeks and what they do on SmackDown. It's been a solid show ratings-wise and performance-wise. Uh, Jay, I guess the last thing that happened on Wednesday, just very quickly, we'll talk about it more next week when we see the match. But we've got the interpromotional match for, I, I don't know if both titles are on the line, MLW, Laredo Kid versus Leo Rush. Are you excited for this match? Do you think it's not build, been built enough? What's your, what's your thoughts quickly as we you know as we talk about MLW for about three seconds this week? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. There's not much to be to say. I think it's going to be uh, maybe the match of the night if they give it time. I, I love what MLD, MLW does in terms of the announcing, and I think Saint Laurent and uh, Rich Booking. I think that might be the best announced team on television. Um, I think they do a tremendous job, and I think it's going to be a really really fun match. I don't disagree. I'm really looking forward to all the things going down in MLW. It'd be interesting what they do in the next couple of weeks, you know, Filthy Island and, you know, where they go with Hammerstone and a lot of other directions with Myron Reed. But uh, Jay, I think that, you know, it was a really good Wednesday. You can only hope that, you know, Raw, you know, takes the hint every once in a while. That would be nice. Um, I'm not sure where we go from here though. I mean, a lot of people for the next week are going to just be fantasy booking, you know, every situation when it comes to AW and New Japan, 
AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're going to be trying to figure out what's next for this. You know, will Kenta be on the show every week? Will we continue to, you know, be going in circles with this feud? You know, I'm going to find it super interesting to see how all of this develops in the coming weeks and how, you know, people interact in these next few weeks in regards to where everything goes going forward. But Jay, you know, we spoke about a lot of interesting things. I think it's that time where you give me a moment to go and rest the voice and uh, let people know what's going on in the life group this week and, uh, you know, how they can check us out on uh, social media, which, you know, WWE yep. does do very well. All right. So first thing, beer of the week, as you guys know, uh, may know if you listen, watch, I'm a big fan of phase three. Uh, that is a brewery in um, Illinois. It's like an hour and change away from Chicago, uh, but they deliver all over the city here. Uh, so the beer is from Phase 3. It's called uh, Low Ceilings, one of the best hazy IPAs I've ever had. So if you ever get to Illinois, you'll get a chance to get Phase 3. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. All right. So we are part of the great uh, group of podcasts, the Wrestle Life uh, network of podcasts. Uh, we've got Dong City on Monday, a baseball podcast. Um, obviously, you know, Corey wants to talk about Colton Wong. I don't know who the fuck wants to talk about that, but we've got Arenado. We've got Bauer making news. We've got a bunch of different stuff. So see what happens with that. We've got the Audible. Been on a bunch of NBA games tonight. Probably won't win any of them. Oh, Audible. Sorry, football. Thinking about that. So the Super Bowl, obviously, uh, big stuff going on there. A bunch of props that I'm going to lose. Um, then we got the step back. That's the NBA podcast. First day, yesterday was the first day since January 27th that there has not been uh, no NBA player who tested positive for COVID. So that's a positive sign. Uh, total bases. Oh, yeah, you've got us on Thursdays, obviously, work shoot wrestling podcast and total bases. So will the NF or the uh, MLB season be shortened? So uh, we'll see about that. We are worked shoot wrestling podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, just Google us, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I have before uh, as maybe an ego stroke and a bunch of stuff from us comes up. So it is it is fantastic. So uh, please check us out. We are on Twitter at Work Shoot Pod. I did try to tweet a little bit um, watching the Raw Rumble um, during Raw, unfortunately, and Wednesday Night Wars. I, I try. I always watch them late. So that's why. Um, I'm not usually tweeting as much um, you know, as maybe Corey would. And of course, we're part of the Russell Life uh, group. So please subscribe. Um, we're on Facebook. If you're listening to us, um, the Russell Life, uh, Russell Life group is a great group. Um, I've said this before, not to put the group over, but it's a really a lot, of, a lot of smart wrestling fans. Uh, some you agree with, some you disagree with, but, you know, really good language used. It's not a bunch of racist, sexist scumbags bunch of good people who just enjoy wrestling. So, um, so that's great. A bunch of marks for sure, but we, we are the marks of the marks, right? So, uh, definitely a fun group. So yeah, check all that out. And, uh, Jay, this, uh, this coming Friday, tomorrow, there'll be a special episode of the audible for, uh, previewing the Super Bowl with, uh, Matt and Randy. And apparently there'll be a lot of guests from other pod, other podcasts on the network. I might try to tr drop in. I don't know if Jay, if you'll be around. I think it's at five o'clock tomorrow, so we will see how oh, that maybe, goes. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll pop. I mean, I have no, I have no, I middled the game, so I'm gonna win a couple bucks no matter what. I think the Chiefs kill him, but I mean, I, I you know, so do I. I don't know. I think the Chiefs. Kill him. 
but, but I mean, I hope they don't. I hope the Chiefs win by exactly three points. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, but Jay, there is another podcast that we we talk about occasionally, usually on Wednesdays. It's a comedy podcast. Can you re- remind me what the name of it is? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie, the ultimate comedy podcast with Jackie Andy, Jackie Rachel, Jackie Corey. Um, and check it out. They basically make fun of Corey, the pod- their whole podcast. So, it, I mean, come on. Wouldn't you want to make fun of Corey, the whole podcast? We, we you, You've listened to this show. So, um, great podcast. Check it out. Thank you. And uh, this week coming up, it will be about uh, Arnie Hammer with uh, his the allegation of the cannibalism, you know, some of that stuff going on. So we'll see what gets spoken about there. And in that, Ooh. as we go, like, well, like Dan Campbell, the coach of the, of the, of the, the Lions. Hey, everybody gets oh, a little hungry. Cannibalism. Yeah. That's, I mean, listen, I, I, I would say, I, I mean, I get, I get it. If like, you know, the world ends and we got, you got to eat something, but I don't get it. Like, you know, there's burgers out there. There's a lot of different areas we can go with the food, but you know, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And as we keep, as I said for the last couple of weeks, we will be recording shortly the episode on the uh, David uh, Arquette documentary on his return to wrestling after 20 years. That's in the process of being uh, put together, so that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. But uh, Jay, I guess last subject for this week, just quickly as time runs down, we've got you know 65 days or so until Mania. We've got all this awesome stuff going on with, you know, New Japan, AEW. Is there anything that's really that's good, that's got your attention that, you know, is must watch right now? Is there like, is there something that you're sitting there going, I have, you know, one hour of TV to watch and I can only watch one thing that's like truly got your attention every week. Is it the Roman Reigns? Is it the stuff with Kenta? What, is there something that's really... I feel like I that's a great question. I feel like I have to watch Roman Reigns segments every week. I'd say that for me, that I, I need to watch what happens with Reigns and I need to see what happens with Omega. Those are and and you know, kind of the dissension of the bullet club and where that goes. Those are the two big things every week that I'm like, I really want to see what happens. So the bullet club, Omega stuff with how that's gonna work out. And rains. Those are the two things I feel like I I, w- I don't want to miss at all. Yeah, I mean, I think that's those are the obvious answers. Those those are the correct answers. And as we talk about that, New Japan is going to hope that with the Kenny Omega stuff and the Kenta stuff, that they just announced this morning that they have a American a North American deal for the U.S., Canada, and not for North America, of course, because you know I know my geography with uh, England with. Uh, Roku T- Roku TV, I can't pronounce it. Uh, but J- Jay, do you think that moves the needle at all in regards to helping with the North American product of getting their name out there, or is that not a big enough service? I know a ton of people have the the units, but does that really move anything for you, or is it just another? Yeah, no. it's it's old show. It's it's old shows. It's old shows. You know, any any you know that doesn't do anything for me. It's old shows. So no, that, that stuff never does anything for me. Um, you know, fans want to see like stuff they haven't seen before. And you could say, well, new, you know, if you watch, you know, if you don't have new Japan world, you're not, you know, but I mean, I, I don't think it's going to like, Oh my God, there's going to be a bunch of people who want to watch now. I, I, I don't know. I, 
I don't think so. Um, so no, I don't think it moves the needle. But one thing we didn't talk about um, is Lars Sullivan getting released. And um, I, I know, you know, we were not big fans of his because he's a horrible person, but um, they were giving him a little push. Sounds like he no showed um, one of the WWE shows uh, recently and has is basically like crippled with anxiety. And he talked about that in an interview and said that they were right to release him. There was no heat toward him being released. And, um, you know, he, I think he announced himself that he was released. And so, so yeah, so he's released and, and I don't see him coming. I think he said he's done with wrestling. So uh, probably, probably for the best yeah, and probably for the best. And, and as I always say, as someone who's a, you know, a school guidance counselor who works with kids every day, and you know mental health's a real real thing as much as i don't i think he's not a good person and racist and sexist shit he's done is horrible um i certainly don't want someone to go through um horrible mental health stuff so hopefully he you know kind of gets his life um in a good place and um you want to give everybody a chance to improve their life and improve you know things they've said in the past and done in the past and hopefully he does that and has gained a different perspective and you know, hopefully he moves on and, and you know, is uh, successful at whatever he chooses to do. So, yeah, I guess I'll comment on See both. See you, Lars Sullivan. I almost thought that was the end of the show. Um, I'll comment on both these things. One, when it comes to the New Japan uh, deal with the U.S., a lot of people could have said the same thing in regards to their deal with Access TV when it first started. It was just, you know, replays of old shows, and it turned into hosting, you know, new shows and the G, you know, the first night of the G1 and other things. So this deal, depending on how people watch it, it could develop into something more. So on that aspect, this could be, I mean, I wish it was a bigger platform, but we'll see where that goes. But when it comes to Lars Sullivan, I think Lars Sullivan is an interesting case of like what you said, you know, with the idea of being famous, when it actually happens, or when you get that push, it's not always what you expect it to be. And sometimes, I mean, they said in the past that, you know, a guy like Batista, who's totally opposite end of the spectrum of being a good guy who's one of the nicer guys one of the best guys you'll ever apparently meet in the in the business and all the stuff he does for charity and everything else that he does for his community and you know we give him back but he's apparently like him victoria have had you know crippling anxiety before their matches where you know like victoria said where you know basically every time before she performed she you know she threw up you know like you know what he had uh donovan nab you know in the super bowl you know had the anxiety and he threw up before you know the drive that he you know basically trying to come back and win that game, which of course they didn't. But um, it's interesting to see if he does come back at some point. I mean, he did go. And when it came to the racist uh, comments that did come out, he, if you want to believe it was a gimmick fine or not, he paid the hundred thousand dollars. He went and apologized. Ten thousand, ten thousand dollars. I thought it was a hundred. I think it was ten. Where's he getting a hundred thousand dollars? And they were paying quite a bit of money when he, get, when he got to the main roster, no longer in NXT. But apparently he went and spoke to every African-American person on the roster, especially the New Day. And they all, you know, they spoke to him and they, you know, they, you know, and Titus O'Neil and they forgave him for his comments. And of course, you know, other things came out afterwards when it came to women, you know, a couple of months back. So that makes it a little bit, you know, it wasn't racist, but it was, you know, other very comments, sexist. very sexist comments. Yeah. So, you know, this guy had a lot of growth to, to make, but you know what? Sometimes you realize that, and this might just be an out. I mean, he spoke to uh, Sean Ross from Fightful apparently earlier today about the situation. And he, like you said, he's more than likely done with wrestling because of the anxiety. You hope he gets his, his life together. 
if I never see him in the wrestling ring again, that be that doesn't hurt me. But you know, for some people, when I when I put the story up on the uh, Wrestling Life Facebook page, there were some people who were just went ripped into him because of you know the stuff that he said, which you know, people have every right to you know to do that before we knew that he actually asked for his release himself. You know, if you have crippling anxiety, some people could barely live with that stuff. And like I said, you. You, Jay, you know this stuff firsthand being a guidance counselor, trying to help our youth of this country try to go and get through, you know, their different problems. At any age, you can basically shut down if either by dealing with the pandemic or a loss or different things. Hopefully this guy figures out what's wrong with him and he can become a more productive member of society. But Lars Sullivan, we barely knew you. And uh, I guess maybe we'll never see you again. But if we do. Hopefully you're a better person. Yeah, Corey, I mean, I mean, and I know, man, our show is going really long today, but um, Corey, this guy was supposed to be going against John Cena in fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, like, they, type push, yeah. like the push he was going to get was incredible. And now he's released. So, you know, I've had students who, who are some of the top students in the school who are crippled with anxiety. Right, so it's 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 a hard thing, um, and hopefully the guy gets his life together, and 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 we'll see. I don't know, you know, Corey. We got another freaking snowstorm in Chicago after a couple of days. It's very frustrating here, but anyway, whatever. And apparently, we're supposed to get more snow. I think on Monday as well. So we'll see how all that goes. But Jay, as always, as we are pumped up about the return of New Japan Wrestling and AEW, Edge, you know, being the headliner of WrestleMania. We didn't even talk about Bianca Belair on this. Bianca Belair on the show, which I'm sure she'll be a, a key figure on SmackDown. Jay, as always, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.